you wanted the best, you've got the best podcast. The hottest, hottest. podcast in the world. In the world. The Chris Voss Show, the preeminent podcast with guests so smart you may experience serious brain bleed. Get ready, get ready. Strap yourself in. Keep your hands, arms, and legs inside the vehicle at all times because you're about to go on a monster education roller coaster with your brain. Now, here's your host, Chris Voss. Hi, folks. Chris Voss here from the com. The Chris Voss come. Hey, we're coming here with a great podcast. We certainly appreciate you guys tuning in. Thanks for being here. Be sure to refer the show to your friends, neighbors, relatives. Go on iTunes and give us a great review. We certainly appreciate that as well. If you would, also go to all of our groups, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, all those crazy places, the LinkedIn group, the uh, LinkedIn newsletter, all those fun places where all the people are coagulating. Is that even the right word for that? It's not, but it sounded funny i don't know coagulating i don't know is, is that a chef word uh chef dennis coagulating is probably a medical term more than a chef term but oh. yeah it's, it's one of the two seemed like a butter term since we were talking about butter in the pre-show there's gonna be a lot of butter on today's show i don't know if there is or not but we were talking about in the pre-show anyway guys we have an amazing uh gentleman on the show his name is dennis litley he is the founder and CEO of Ask Chef Dennis Productions, where he runs one of the most successful food blogs in the world. And we were talking about a pre-show, and I'm hungrier than ever now. So with over 1 million followers on social media and almost 10 million page views annually, he has built a loyal following that uses his recipes and cooking tips to feed their family and friends. Uh, screw sharing the food. I eat it all myself. Helping them... Bring the joy of cooking to their home kitchens. Welcome to the show, Chef Dennis. How are you? I'm doing great, Chris. Thank you so much for having me today. It's a pleasure to be on with you. Thanks for coming. We certainly appreciate you coming on. Give us your .com so people can find you on those interwebs. It's really simple. I'm AskChefDennis.com. There you go. There you go. And I'm looking across your uh, gorgeous website of fine foods. And uh, as I mentioned before the show, if the audience hears my stomach growling, you'll know why. If you go to his website, your stomach will growl as well. So tell us, give us a little bit of history. What got you into this business? Where where did you grow up and some of your background and stuff? Well, I I grew up in... I started in Texas early on in my career growing up, and I had a Mexican grandmother who used to love to feed me. Oh, wow. And, and yeah, she would spoil me, and I mean, she knew I loved to eat, and I, she loved to cook, and it was a marriage made in heaven. And then we moved to New Jersey, and sadly, my mother was not a very good cook. She, she found no joy in cooking. Oh, wow. Yeah, my father liked very simple foods. He was from Philadelphia, and he liked more of an English-style food, plain. His, his idea of heat was Coleman's dry mustard, you know, a little water in it. And that, would, that would go on the beef. That, that, that's how I knew about it. But although he loved my grandmother's menudo, and she could not make it hot enough for him. Wow. Yeah, and I think that came from liking pepper pot in philadelphia because it's close to being the same soup except yeah. pepper pot wasn't as hot but yeah I, that started it and my mother was a nurse so she worked a lot of strange hours so she'd be home with us during the day and uh, she would be sleeping if i wanted to eat and evidently i like to eat so <laughs> you and me <laughs> yeah. so i i, I kind of started dabbling yeah so you started at a young age uh just trying basically trying to fend for yourself get some food yeah. and some 
some good food. You know, I went through a similar journey when I was a child. I, my parents, we grew up in SoCal, and so we would go to the different, like, barrios there. You know, you had the Italian deli that you go to, and you get the authentic Italian food. And, you know, in, in every there's these little neighborhoods in, in California. And then in my late teens, my parents moved to Utah which is, especially back then, it was about as white as white could get in everything. It, it still is pretty awful. And I remember going to a Mexican place and asking for hot sauce. You know, I grew up in SoCal, where, you know, Mexican, everything. And they brought me ketchup. <laughs> and I was scarred. And I'm like, I'm like, wait, I, I, we need hot sauce. And they're like, yeah, yeah, ketchup, ketchup. And so, yeah, that, that scarred me to where I, I have an appreciation for food that probably is a little too much considering my weight. But so over the years, when, when did you start getting serious? Did you go to school at early age? I, I did not. I, I ended up journeying through part of the country and mm -hmm. uh, went back to where I was born in Louisiana and met up with someone I did not know was a family friend. And uh, she kind of took me in for a while and taught me a lot of the mm -hmm. basics and gave me an understanding of food. She used to tell me, you know, if you listen to food, it'll tell you what it needs. <laughs> I know, I know. And, and this, she wasn't smoking anything either. It was just. I, I listen to food. It tells me what it needs. It says, you need, I need to get in your belly. You need to eat me, right? I know. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so that was kind of my intuitive grasp on cooking. And it's really served me well, whether she brought it out or taught it to me. I don't know, but it's, it's how I, how I ended up cooking. But yeah. I got back home and went back into different jobs. I was a musician. I wrote jingles. I was a carpenter. You know, I, I sold real estate. I was trying to find myself, and I kept going back to food, going back to food. And I, I did not go to school. I did it the old-fashioned way. I was an apprentice. Wow. I was an apprentice. So I apprenticed to two chefs, and they taught me, you know, abused you, paid you little, and, and you, learned, <laughs> you learned your skill. That was how things used to do. There you go. There you go. The uh, So you went through that journey. How long before you ventured out on your own sort of thing? Well, it, it's funny. I mean, I had some basic grass of skills. And when I was working as the apprentice for these guys, I would always dive into the corner and cook when no one was around. And the one chef who was a CIA graduated hated cooking. He loved every other aspect of the restaurant industry, but he did not like to cook. So, yeah, he would order, he would cut meat, he would do all the production, he would he was run a tight ship, but it just wasn't his thing. <laughs> you know, and luckily for me, because he saw I was kind of paying attention and doing what I was supposed to do, and he let me cook. So by the end of the year, the boss, the owner of the place, had got stung by 18 bees, wasps, and looking at a new property he was going to open, and he, wow. got, he got pumped up full of Benadryl and couldn't work. So I walk in Labor Day weekend, the busiest day of the year, and they go, guess who's cooking? And I looked at him and said, who? He goes, you are. You are. So <laughs> sort of a graduation. They didn't let me out on my own right away after that, but uh -huh. I was then put into rotation, and I kept learning more skills and developing techniques. And, mm -hmm. uh, and another year after that, I was running one of the restaurants for them. Do you think there's something that draws you back to it? Is there a certain aspect or have you been able to solve the mystery of what keeps, you know, pulling you back in as Godfather would say? I, I do it well, you know, I, I, not to sound brag, not to be bragging or anything, but mm -hmm. it's a skill set that just seems to come naturally to me. Mm -hmm. And it's something that I find joy in, you know, even 
in my worst day or you know part of my career where I was having a lot of problems, it was an escape for me. It was a place for mm-hmm. me to go and be whole again. And, mm-hmm. and and to make I think the biggest thing was I was able to make people happy with the food I was. I've- I, 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 I found the escapism and the feel whole again is to eat the food. So <laughs> I'm on the other end of the spectrum for you. Well, that was good. Yeah. The, uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't be alive without people like you. So, so when did you venture out and start making your own website and doing your own recipes? Well, I, you know, I'd always created recipes in the restaurants I worked at. And unfortunately, I didn't write a lot of them down. You know, mm. and the ones that I was taught early on, I didn't write them down. They were in my head and, you know, you know how my brain cells have been as a chef, you know, all the, all the things chefs do, it's true. You know, <laughs> we can abuse our bodies. And I went to work. I finally, I, I was beating my body up and I, I met my wife and she was a teacher and she had off summers and she had off these times. And I'm like, I'm just, I went through a second carpal tunnel surgery on my hand. Oh, wow. I had one on the other hand. And then they're saying, you shouldn't keep doing this. You should. So I said, well, let me go into management. And a friend said, you know, there's an opening at this school in Flower Town. And I went, oh, Flower Town. I'm not going to Flower Town. And I'm thinking flowers like the roses. It sounds like a song. Yeah, I know. Please take me to Flower Town. Well, it was bread flower, like that flower town. Yeah. I went, and uh, it was a run run down. It was clean, but it was old. Uh, and I'm looking at it going, oh, this is a mistake. I shouldn't be here. And the principal goes, and you work 165 days a year. And I went, when would you like me to start? Oh, yeah, that's a lot less than uh, the, yeah. whole, the whole big thing. So yeah. there off you go. The holidays off the summer, and... When I was there, I vent the food was so bad, I went back into the kitchen and <laughs> I told the cook that I'm sorry, they're making me cut budgets. I have to go back and cook because she was just not good. <laughs> she had a lot of other skills in the kitchen, but that was not her forte. Um, yeah. So I started cooking and it slowly became like a made for TV movie. They painted a mural of me on the walls because oh. I was feeding them. I didn't know what to feed kids, so I was feeding them what I fed adults all my life. Yeah. Restaurant executives. Yeah. And uh, it worked out well. And- I have murals on the wall of all the cooks at my house, too. <laughs> but uh, no, I was, it's still up at the school, so it was a good thing. But, That's uh, a really good thing. But about four years into it, I decided to start teaching a culinary program at the school. It was the high school girls. They were all 600 high school girls. And... I thought I would train my own staff because staff was always so hard to come by. So, you know, to anybody that knew what they were doing. So I started training them. And at the end of the first year, I had 11 freshmen. Everybody else had gone out because they just couldn't fit into their schedules. They tried, but the freshmen were didn't have a lot on their plate so they could fit it into the schedule. And I ended up keeping three of them towards uh, for full four years that stayed with me and built a really successful culinary team at the school. And I, that's when I started my blog. So I'm thinking, I need some place for these kids to go to get recipes and to talk to me. So I went to the IT department and said, you know, blogs were new in 2009. Well, they were, had been on different formats, but they were just coming into the f- forefront with a blogger on Google and WordPress. And they set me up on Blogger, and I started writing these awful stories and terrible pictures and i was a blogger and it just you know the kids never wanted to go to it they wanted to come in the office and talk to me but students at the school and teachers started going to it 
Huh. Yeah, and it started to build. And then I, I found an organization called Food Buzz and uh, straightened up my blog a little, made it a little more presentable, started working on my pictures and recipes and mm-hmm. became friends with people from all over the world that were in this organization. Wow. Yeah, it was really cool. Reawakening for me at that point. Mm-hmm. So you go through all that, and yeah. and how many years have you been doing the AskChefDavis.com site now? AskChefDennis has been around for a little over 12, 13 years now. Did I, say, did I say Davis again? You did. <laughs> My apologies. Ask <laughs> Chef Dennis. Yeah. I'm having a Monday today. I was having our early episode that we did. I, I, I don't know. I couldn't I can't pick up stuff for some time it must be if either on too much caffeine or having to kind of sleep one of the two the uh, so you said you've been doing it for how many years now i started in 2009 so that's wow. 13 years almost 13 years awesome yeah. man Close it's kind it. of a, it's kind of a journey to look back on on all that history and all those posts isn't it it is and i've either rewritten them taken new pictures for them or just gotten rid of them all together um the, um, the early part of the year, first the first year had some 2010 had some really good recipes and still has my number one post of all time. Oh yeah, tiramisu. Tiramisu. Oh I mean, wow, the best tiramisu. Uh, <laughs> my recipe has been copied many times over over the years. Note to self: Don't do a show about chefs before you had something to eat. My stomach is Not really going now. Yeah. Tiramisu. I mean, what a beautiful thing that is. You know, we started the Chris Foss show almost going on 13 years ago. And I, I still remember the first two years and I was just like, Oh my God, this is so much. And you're like one, you're putting one post in front of the other and you're just like, Oh my God, how much, what do I got to do here? When do we, when is, you know, become something and now you look back on it and you know it's closing on 5,000 posts and the YouTube channel has got 5,000 posts and people are still looking at stuff from like 10 years ago 12 years ago yeah I had a bunch of questions come in last week where I'm just like they're asking questions about stuff that I'm like that still exists and and you just look back on the whole grandness of it and you're just like oh my god and then you look at it and you're like well I guess I gotta do 5,000 more (laughs) (laughs) Every morning I wake up and I check my traffic to see how it's been, my revenue to see how it's been, and I go on for the day because I've got a good start to my day. Uh, That's always good. That's always good. For the first two years, I didn't know anybody was listening to the podcast or looking at the show. I'm just like, I don't know. No one says anything. For like first one or two years, no one said much. They didn't comment much. I I think there was comments on the show because back then a lot of people comment on blogs. And the the Google Analytics was the only reason, the way I knew anything was going on. Like I was like, okay, well, somebody's here doing something. And clearly there's, there's something going on, you know, nowadays there's, you know, you can really tell there's stuff going on, but yeah, the first, the first little while you're like, is anybody, is anybody, is this on? Hello? I know. Yeah. So what do you, what do you find people love about the website and your recipes and your, your cooking style that you take and use? In fact, what would you call your cooking style? Do you have one? Do you have a genre that you do or? I call them restaurant style recipes for the most mm-hmm. part, since most were developed in a restaurant, and that's kind of how I still cook. And my wife jokes that you know I'm either going to cook for two or for forty. There's no real in between because I'm making masses of stuff. But it, it's yeah, it's it's easy food. It's not complicated food. 
I, I know people don't have time after work to sit down and go through all the motions of creating something that's going to take hours. I don't. At the end of my day, I want to make something that's going to be fast, easy, and delicious. So it's mm-hmm. that's how we cook in the restaurant. You know, we might prep some things ahead of time, but for the most part, we're creating. I would create one dinner in a pan every time someone came in. You know, one one at a time or two at a time, maybe if it was the same thing. But it, that's the style of cooking I do. So you should be able to make seventy percent or eighty percent of my recipes in a half an hour. Oh my God! I'm looking at your website here. Pepperoni pizza grilled cheese sandwich recipe. Oh, that's too good. Oh, kill me now. The ultimate pulled pork cheeseburger. I can't pronounce anything. Best restaurant style chicken salad. That sounds good. I I eat a lot of chicken because I lift weights. I've been doing that for like the past six months or seven months now. The ultimate grilled chicken sandwich. Wow, look at that, baby. Blackened salmon sliders. I love sliders with Asian slaw. Wow. Okay. Easy stuff. Easy stuff. I mean... <laughs> It looks awesome, though. I mean, it looks it looks like you know restaurant quality yeah. preparedness stuff that you do. What is this garlic or ginger garlic pan roasted swordfish? Oh man, wow! That's okay, a, that's a winner. That's that's been one of my better posts too. It's just not a, not a lot of people have confidence with seafood. Yeah, and seafood's really expensive. Yeah, so. They, they don't know. They don't want to try it. It's not hard. You know, the biggest sin with any protein is overcooking it with seafood even more so. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's what a lot of my recipes are for. It's about, I always tell people, you know, it's about sourcing good ingredients and then learning a few simple techniques, whether it's searing or braising or roasting, you know, doing it in the oven. And, you know, the, the protein should taste good on its own with maybe olive oil, salt, and pepper. If it doesn't, you know, then you need to resource your protein, find some better products. But, you know, Mm -hmm. if it tastes good that way, then you can start having fun with it and trying some different seasonings, put a sauce on it, Mm -hmm. and uh, make some. But again, nothing over the top that's going to take you, you know, hours to make. And people can uh, say the recipes, share them, print them, all that sort of good stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. The, it looks like uh, you connected on Yumly, I guess. There's a share button for it. There's a share button. I am on Yumly. I actually just joined a new site called uh, Whisk. Oh, Whisk. Huh? Yeah, it's a place where people save recipes. Oh, wow. It's, it's kind of like Pinterest in the way that they, they have, it's, they call them rich pins where all the ingredients come up. So you can uh-huh. make a shopping list. And that way you can shop for it. And then you come to my website for the instructions, unless you want to wing it. But, I mean, it's not always a good idea. But uh, you come for the instructions or for the tips. Because I put a lot of other information in my posts. Like, at first, you know, when I was a a chef and I was arrogant and it would be like, no, you eat it this way or you don't eat it. You know, like, no soup for you kind of a chef. No soup for you. When I became a blogger, my wife says, you became the kinder, gentler chef, Dennis. And there you go. It's, you know, you don't like broccoli? Leave the broccoli out. Put something else in instead. You know, it's not rocket science. It's food. Yeah, that's true. You know, I I, I live most of my life, sadly why I'm so large, is I live most of my life being single and just, just eating the worst fast food and quick 
easy, easy, quick, bad food that I possibly could. And somewhere, I think around 2016, 2017, I got sick of how fat I was. And I started eating uh, better and vegan and started cooking for myself. You know, and I ain't never done it because I'm like, oh, my God, it's so much work. And I think a lot of people think it's a lot of work. But uh, once you get the basics down or you have good recipes to work, that makes all the difference. And one of my saviors was Yumly when it was just barely starting out back then. But I could go on and search for vegan recipes. I went vegan for a while and lost like 75 pounds in three months. And Yumly was so good because I could go on Yumly and and just put in like easy. I guess it was always the keyword easy, easy, and then, you know, vegan. And, and then the beautiful part was too, is I could just put in the ingredients I had yeah. and then like, you're like, uh, I don't know, I got this and that, what, it, what, it, what the hell do you do with the broccoli and onion? I don't know. It's, it's in the fridge. And so, yeah, a lot of these things really help it. And sometimes just sitting down and having something, but I love the restaurant quality stuff. I pulled up this, uh, pepperoni pizza grilled cheese sandwich recipe to save. Oh my God. God, this thing looks scrumptious. It looks too good. Uh, that and I have a, a buffalo chicken and grilled cheese. That they, those were two buffalo my... chicken grilled cheese. That's evil, man. Why yeah, would it, you do that? It, because I could. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I made both of those when my wife was away. Uh huh. Because I always make two, and I eat them both. You know, but uh, that's how good they're. It comes almost like where's that stuff? You're like I, I had to test it. She yells at me if I make too much fat food and eat it. But, you know, she, she's away. Then I pull out all stops. I made fried shrimp one day. I said, you want shrimp? And she says, no, no. So I said, all right, I guess I have to eat them all. Then she came back later and went, where's the shrimp? I already ate them. You're too late. That's what women do. They, they, they go, I'm looking at your YouTube channel, too. So you've got videos up on YouTube and teaching people how to prepare this stuff. Yeah, there's the short, the short videos that everyone loves. Um, I forget the name of them now. Tasty, Quick and easy. Tasty videos. You know, they're in a minute, but it gives you an idea because I think a lot of times people want to just see if it's doable. Yeah. You know, and the video kind of gives you an idea. You know, it's not going to walk you through the whole process, but it's going to give you some points to look at to see what goes where or how it comes together. And, and it's a good way to give people the, give them some confidence. And, yeah, I can make that. And you just have to get in and try and look look at cooking it as like a therapy for you too to relax and unwind and then have a glass of wine or a glass of soda or whatever you drink and talk to your you know your significant other or talk to yourself <laughs> i do that a lot too and uh, just enjoy the time alone play some music you know the, where i got an appreciation for cooking and this is kind of something people should think about i i had a friend like uh, 20 years ago or something and he was having he'd broken out of a relationship and he was a real mess and uh, so you know we started hanging out on weekends and he was a photographer and, and did some photography for my company so we started hanging out after his breakup with his girlfriend that he'd been with for, for several years and he, someone had given him a book, like, and I forget the name of the book, but it was something along the genre. If you, if you want to, if you want to impress women or get women, one of the best ways to do is to learn to cook. Yeah. And, and especially nowadays where a lot of, a lot of younger women, you know, they're, they're not taught some of the culinary skills that, that they used to be taught in the older days. And it's true. People just kind of, you know, like I did, they lose an appreciation for it. You're like, well, I can go down to McDonald's, which you shouldn't do, please. And, uh, and so he, he started learning to be cooked and he was really good at it. And he started getting all the, all the stuff. And so we would on weekends have, he would come over here. I would go over to his house 
and he would be like, we're going to make, you know, this and that and this. And so we had a great friendship and I learned the appreciation of, you know, being a team on that. And I think a lot of like couples could really use that. Oh, yeah. I always, I always thought, you know, if I ever get a wife, I, I, it would be great if I, if we could, you know, go in the, you know, go in the kitchen and start making stuff. And that's kind of what I started doing years ago with Yumly and, mm -hmm. And, and making vegan dishes. And, and so I would start, you know, I wasn't a sort of great chef. I was cheating with Yumly and you're in recipe sites like yours, but you know, I would make stuff and I'd post it and I'd be like, Hey, this, this tastes great. And they're like, yeah, you did that with, you know, tofu and I don't know, you know, some sort of sauce and it looks like ribs. People yeah. are like, Oh my God. And I'm like, yeah, this, this actually tastes like ribs. And, and we, you know, we'd have a whole mess of gals that we kind of had that we knew from our, our clubbing days. We'd, we basically have a whole thing where all of our friends come over. We throw a little party every Sunday <laughs> and, and yeah, it was a great way to impress girls too. But you know, people that are couples and stuff, you know, people don't really do anything. And I think in yeah. the old days, like, husband and wife teams would maybe, you know, work together and stuff. And, and there's kind of an experience of, I guess that's what I'm yeah. trying to say. There's an experience of doing it and making it. And I had another friend who taught me about the concept of breaking bread yeah. and how in the old days, you know, you would, you would, you would use yeast and you would make bread. And when you invite strangers over or, or people over your home, you would do what was called breaking bread with them. And that was, that was a way of building rapport and getting to know people and you know, feasting, if you will, I yeah. guess. Well, food is the common denominator. It's, it's the bond that brings mm -hmm. us all together. I, I did a lot of traveling before COVID mm -hmm. and we, we would be all over the world. And I speak a little different languages, my wife, not so much any, and I'd be off taking pictures and I turn around and she'd be sitting at a table. She was one day she were in Munich and she's sitting with a table of Germans. We're at a beer festival and she's taught and she can't speak German. They can't speak English, but they were eating and drinking beer and having a good time. Yeah. It's it. And then you try to communicate. Then you find a common bond. So people with different languages can do it. You know, we've got it all. We've got so much more going for us with people that speak the same language and we don't do it enough. We don't yeah. reach out to friends. We, instead of saying, Hey, let's have dinner together. We just say, no, no, I don't feel like it tonight, but you know, you need to do that. It's a good way to reconnect and unwind and enjoy good food. Yeah, the whole the whole concept of breaking bread, that's yeah. together. That's what my friend explained it to me cuz he he was like, "Hey, I've got I've got this yeast that I built up and I'm making bread now." And I'm like, "Are you gone off the deep end? Are you okay over there, man?" I yeah, I guess he become employed for a while. His wife was working and he was trying to find a new job and, and this is one of the things he found to I don't know, just give him more meaning in life. And he goes, "He goes, I'm going to come over and bring you some of my bread." And if you want to bring me my yeast, I'm like, I really don't, I really don't want your yeast, man. Like, I don't know what's going on here. But he explained the whole concept yeah. of breaking bread and how that, you know, was a commonplace among early tribes and men and, and families and, and stuff. And I remember, you know, when I grew up as a kid too, we would have the Thanksgiving dinners or family get togethers would be these huge affairs. Oh, yeah. And we'd set up tables across the whole basement and, you know, all the wives, you know, this is back in the 60s and 70s, all the wives would bring these different dinners and we come together and it was just, it was just an amazing setting. And I, I've always missed it ever since, but people don't do that anymore. But wow. just 
you know, so I, I think people, I think what I'm trying to say too is, is people look at it as like a job, like a work, like, oh God, I've got to make this. And if you like make an experience of it where you sit down or where you, where you stand, but you work together and you enjoy and you, you build something and make it. And then you've got the fruit of your, of your work there for you. I think it's just a whole lot more rewarding. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah it gives you again, more common ground and you've spent quality time yeah rather than just sitting in front of a tv watching <laughs> news that you've heard all day long out of a know. tv dinner oh you know it, it is it's and, and sadly i grew up in that kind of a household because my mother didn't have that joy of cooking my father would work all day and he just wanted to relax with a beer at the end of the day and he, uh, he wasn't into that at all but you know for people nowadays you know there's so many two-income families that's normal that uh, you know, at the end of the day, if you could just relax and take 15 minutes to prep something to eat and then cook it for 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. And I always tell people, you know, lots of times the dinners you make won't take longer than you cooking pasta for it to go with it or rice to go with it or potatoes to go with it. You know, you cook your starch, take your entree shouldn't take much longer than that if you do it right. Yeah. Looks like we've got some people chiming in. Hi, Chris and Dennis. And uh, JS, uh, my good friend, coagulating clotted cream. cream. What is that about? Because I'm not, that's I'm not British, up on that one. That's a British term. Clotted cream is something they serve with scones. It kind of <laughs> plumps up a little bit. Delicious. Oh, there you go. It's delicious. There you go. Well, people are plugging the website. My friend JS Gilbert, he's on a, he's on one of those diets, uh, the Cato diet. So he's always posting his Cato food and stuff. And I think he makes it at home. But yeah, it looks like he'd be checking out your website. What are some things that people are going to find on your website? I noticed that it's indexed so people can find Asian beef, beverages. You, you cover drinks too. That's good for this alcoholics. Not uh, a lot of drinks. I, I have very uh, few of those, but, uh, a lot of, you know, people eat a lot of chicken, a lot of chicken mm-hmm. dishes, a lot of seafood dishes. I probably have more seafood than anything. There you go. You know, again, being from a restaurant, you know, I was able to cook with clams and mussels and shrimp and scallops. And mm-hmm. I know a hundred different ways to make them and, and have them taste a little different and be delicious. So, uh, and, and just good fish, you know, like good seafood fish, uh, yeah. swordfish, mahi, grouper, tuna, you know. You've even got some good stuff here for people that, you know, have specialty diets, gluten-free. I have a few. There's a dessert section, even lamb. Wow. Yeah. 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 I was not a big lamb eater for a long time, and I went Mm -hmm. to Ireland. And when I was in Ireland, they're just pushing this food towards me because as a chef, everybody wants to feed you. (laughs) And I'm eating. I goes, oh, my God, this is so good. What is it? And he goes, it's lamb. I go, no freaking way. It was just delicious. So I gained an appreciation for lamb and learned how simple it was to cook it right Mm -hmm. and, and how to source the right lamb, you know, and my wife still doesn't like it, but oh my God, good lamb is a thing of beauty. Oh yeah. Uh, soups, stews, and chili, vegetarian, the pizza, even for those of you who are those uh, pizza people, the poultry thing, I've got a, I've got to go through. It looks like here. Cause I've been, I've been drinking or I've been drinking. What? I, I, I'm on a Monday, man. I got Monday brain. I get those two days off and out the window because, but working out, I eat a lot of chicken, yeah. you know, and it gets a little old. <laughs> You're just like, oh, chicken again. Oh, you know, yeah. 
again, it's a matter of how you dress it up. You know, yeah. I've got about five pounds of chicken breast out there. I'm going to make some cutlets with, and mm. I'll, I'll make them up. I'll bread them, give them a quick fry, and then I freeze them. And then, you know, I make chicken parm, of course, because chicken parm is magical. But there's so much else you can do with the cutlet besides that. You know, dress it up with different toppings, with vegetables, you know, put broccoli rabe and some melted cheese on it or uh, tomatoes and bacon. You know, I, I always love that and some cheese for like a, um, like a BLT chicken. But, you know, different sauces can go on it. Very simple to do. And then I freeze. My whole thing is, you know, make more if you have those few extra minutes to do it freeze them and those days that you come dragging in pull mm-hmm. something out of the freezer and you're good to go what i love about your website is like it it all looks like restaurant food like yeah. it's this isn't this isn't simple food this is really interesting bake chicken marsala meatballs recipe yeah i never even thought about making meatballs out of chicken that's pretty amazing I love chicken is so much better than turkey. It doesn't dry out as much if you get the whole chicken ground up. Yeah. Plus it tastes like chicken. Yeah. Which is always a good thing for chicken to taste like chicken. Better. If it doesn't, you might want to check your expiration date. That's why I started eating free range chicken because chicken wasn't tasting like chicken anymore. Is, is, can you really notice a difference with a free range chicken? I do. Up when I was in Jersey, I would go. I would buy chicken at this one store, and I'm I'm looking at. It, I don't know what this tastes like, but it's not chicken. So that it wasn't because I wanted to eat better or feel better. It was because it tasted better, and and I could yeah, it tasted more like chicken used to. Like I remember. I mean, I remember what chicken used to taste like in the '60s. I I and milk, organic mm. milk. I buy organic milk because it's like milk was. It's thick. It's rich. It's milk. It's not just this drink anymore you know yeah certain things yeah i do that i get i buy raw milk and i love raw milk and then like i buy the original mexican cokes that have and and they literally taste like what i remember in the 70s the original cokes before they went to the the high fructose stuff most of them come in those glass bottles or small bottles too so it's like a flash from the past yeah and the the taste of of a glass bottle is yeah. different than the taste of a can. So much and, better. you know, I mean, I remember my mom would take us to, to the park or something and we'd have those, the, the original Dr. Peppers. We, it used to have the two, four, was the two, four, six on it or ten, something like ten, that? Ten, two, and four. Ten, two, and four. Breakfast, and, lunch, and dinner. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's almost like the 420 of pop. But yeah, slow, the best slow cooker, Guinness beef ribs, chicken parm, restaurant style. I love what's on here. What are some of your favorite recipes that are on here? I, you know, I love my beef stew. That's mm. one of my favorites. Um, I just, when, when I make something and it amazes me, that's when I go, wow, that is really good. Mm-hmm. That was one of them. My hunter's chicken was another. I made that expecting it to be good and just blew me away. And my wife loves chicken marsala. That's one of our standard dishes. She loves clams and linguine. And mm. that takes 12 minutes to make. It takes you longer to wash the clams than it does to cook them. Uh, wow. You know, to get all the grit and sand off of them. But just easy food. It's, again, it's nothing too strange or too, you know, too it's going to take you too long or, or odd ingredients. It's got to be what you have on hand and learn how to use that. That's, that's my, there you go. There you go. Let's see. What else did I want to ask you about the site? Ask chef Dennis 
com. Just a lot of wonderful things on here. Oh, yeah, I was going to get into dessert and really oh. mess some people's diet up since <laughs> mine. Easy cream brulee. That's always a favorite. Lemon cheesecake with a chocolate ganache. Is white chocolate. Yeah, white chocolate ganache. Oh, yeah, white chocolate ganache. Uh, chocolate cake with strawberry mousse filling. <laughs> oh, you're killing me. Cranberry eggnog bread pudding with bourbon cream and cheese rum frosting. Is that fat free and calorie free? Yeah, we wave a little wand over it and it just <laughs> takes all the calories. <laughs> That's amazing. So, what was what, what the future for you? Do you see you doing traveling again with you know, kind of coming out of COVID and stuff? I certainly hope so. I have been out of, you know, I have been missing travel. You know, we would cruise, we went to Europe a lot. It's just, you know, it, it's a terrible thing to get used to doing something like that. You know, we're in our retirement or me, I can work anywhere. So it doesn't matter, but we had really gotten into traveling big time and seeing a lot of the different parts of the world and people were sending me places to write about the food. So yeah. I was like, what gets better than that? Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm hoping to get back to Spain. I loved Madrid. Madrid was wonderful. Mm -hmm. Paris is one of our favorites. You know, it's just it's just nice to see something else, even in the states, just to get out in the national parks or something and and try some different food too. You know, go to yeah. One of my favorite shows now is Guy Fieri's Diners, Dives, and, and <laughs> I, I sit there and I almost have to change my shirt after watching it because I'm drooling. So much. Just drooling over stuff. Anthony Bourdain was was so oh, wonderful that. Yeah. I've got another friend, Mike Elgin, and he, he, I mean, he's not, I mean, he's a foodie, but he's, he, he's a tech review writer for tech blogs and stuff like that. And he's done for a long time, but a long time ago, like, I don't know, 10, 20 years ago, he's written a book about it. He literally gave up a house and car and stuff. And he literally travels the world, Airbnbs, stays with people, networks. He has all these friends all around the world that he'll, he, him and his wife will stay with. And I guess he started this after the kids left. And if, for the amount of money it takes for him to have a house, he worked this all yeah. in a book for him to have a house and have a car and, you know, all the crap that goes with having a house you can literally almost live cheaper or the same on the road. And so he goes to all these different places and he has all these beautiful f photographs and they break bread together. He does yeah. what Anthony Bourdain does. He goes and you'll see these big dinners. In fact, now he started this cool thing where he, he hosts like getaway dinners. Like I could fly out, you know, oh, for nice. whatever it costs. And you should do something like that. Like go to France and you're like, Hey, everybody comes, buys a ticket and you know, you go learn and it's a whole experience. That would be cool. Yeah, we had started. A, there was going to be a Chef Dennis cruise, and mm -hmm. this was getting started when COVID hit. So we put that on the back burner. That, along with my, I was going to start having bus stop signs. That was my new form of advertising. Oh yeah, I was going to be the new Better Call Saul. You know, I was going to be what's for, <laughs> what's for dinner? Ask Chef Dennis. You know, I remember old older Vegas when I used to go to Vegas up until I think about I think they they pulled a lot of their stuff down. Well. They sold the Venetian. The Venetian took over their location. But there used to be when you would go to Vegas, like 20 or 30 years ago, there would be this uh, restaurant and this guy would be holding like a 10-pound 
Lobster. Did you ever go and see that? I did not, no. And it would be on every bus stop when you go down the strip and up the strip. It would be every freaking bus stop sign, the back of every bus, and it would be this guy just holding this, you know, body, half body, torso size, uh, giant lobster. And you would go there and it was like, it looked like someplace the mob planned most of their stuff or the Rat Pack Sinatra would hang out. You know, everything's, uh, I don't know, you call it pinned red, cushioned leather dining chairs that you yeah. just, you're just like, somebody somebody got whacked in here, I'm sure. And just the greatest food ever. And then I think they, you know, they got taken over when they built the Venetian uh, and stuff. But And I think they moved someplace, but you never saw the ads again. It was uh, it was funny. They were just like the place to go. So it was pretty cool. Anything more we should know about you and what you have going on and what's upcoming? No, no, I just, I, you know, I keep cranking out recipes and uh, redoing old ones to make them easier and and better. Uh, I'm Mm. on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter, uh, LinkedIn, Mm. and it's Ask Chef Dennis, Pinterest. It's easy, easy to do. An old friend of mine kind of named me that uh, one day. (laughs) Yeah, she said, you know, you should be Ask Chef Dennis. And I'm like, really? She goes, yeah. So that was the best move I ever made was just a, making myself my brand and yeah and i I spent a lot of time i think i I ran into you on google plus back in the old days too that's highly likely we were pretty huge back on that thing back in the day and i was sad to see it go i was one of the other predictors that it was going to die and people hated me for a year or two and then of course i was right but yeah it that was a great thing i mean i'm still angry at um Gupta or whatever his name was uh, that that ran yeah. into the ground. He actually ruined my YouTube channel for a lot of years. We used to have a lot of engagement. I mean, you, YouTube had a lot of engagement, and yeah. then he forced he forced people to get a Google Plus account to yeah. to force them to use this service, and it was just dumb. And then finally, they had enough of him. But I still I'm still angry with him to this day. It cost me a lot of money on my YouTube channel that we were making, but it still makes money. But not like it used to. Yeah. But you know, yeah, Google Plus, what a great place that was. I see you got an Instagram, so Instagram is a great place for oh, foodies. Yeah. Oh god, yeah. Oh my god, yeah. I follow a lot of foodies over there. I'll follow you over there. I know she got some thirty minute meals. That's good for yeah. families. You know, I mean, one of the best things I can recommend, like I, you know, I talked about earlier about families and relationships. The best thing people can do, you know, mothers and fathers, teach your kids how yeah. to cook oh, and really enjoy life because it really is the spice of life. So, you know, I, I know mothers try and bear a lot of burden and, and, and care for their children and stuff. Don't do all the work, you know, get the kids involved, uh, get the kids uh, grating cheese and learning all this stuff. I mean, so much of the stuff is, is life skills. Yeah. And, you know, I just reached a point with my life, being single all my life, where I just like, I got sick of it. I got sick of eating out. You'd think no one would get sick of that, but I'm just like, I'm so freaking tired of Wendy's and McDonald's and, you know, even some of the low-grade restaurants. I'm just like, oh, my God, this again. And learning to cook for myself and then being able to flavor the food just, just provided a richness to my life. And I didn't have to be a chef, just, no. but just being able to go, hey, let me, I want to eat something I haven't eaten before. I want to taste something that I haven't tasted before. You know, that's why I used to go to Spago's all the time yeah. in Vegas. You know, I, I love going to restaurants and being able to taste something that I haven't tasted before that, that's new to the 
the ancient palate, if you will. And so I, I think, you know, more parents should do that. Teach your kids culinary stuff. Uh, get them interested in it. You'll get them helping out in the kitchen. That way it's not such a work job, you know? Yeah. And, and you'll find that they're more open to trying new things if you let them help prepare it. Yeah. If they've got a hand in it and they've got something invested in it, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's a good one. You'd always tell them, you know, I try it three times. If after three times you still don't like it, fine. You know what it tastes like. But I've cooked a lot of things that I personally didn't want to eat. And then over the course of time, I went, hey, this is pretty good. And then sometimes yeah. it just takes a while to build up that adventurous palate and to to like things but man getting them in the kitchen it's good for them it helps clear their minds you know like i said it's it's uh, therapeutic it really is you shouldn't think of it as a chore you think of it as some just happy time and then i always tell people if you go into a restaurant and the staff is not happy that means the chef is not happy and if the chef is not happy your food is not going to be as good as it could be that's true. Here in here in Utah, we had a the, one of the top most expensive restaurants back in the day. They were doing a lot of blow up, <laughs> evidently in the back of a cooking thing. The food, oh, was, yeah. food was it started out good, and then it, it became really awful. And you're just like, how much coke are they doing back there? Yeah. But uh, yeah, it makes you know, it makes you more resourceful. It gives you more tools in life. You know, I mean, at the house, I'm kind of I, I try different things, and like you mentioned, that adventurous palate. I think I have like eight or ten different salts here. Yeah. I have a bunch of gourmet salts. There's some Icelandic salts that I have. I can't remember the name of the the company, but they have a few different lava salt versions. Mm -hmm. I have all sorts of different variations of that. I haven't really gotten to peppers too much, but I love pepper. Just all sorts of seasoning. That's one thing I learned when I did the vegan thing. Yeah. It's like learning to season stuff and having, like you say, an adventure palette of different seasonings and Trying to go on a journey, like, hey, well, you know, what's what's that? You know, even when I make my eggs in the morning, I'll like, okay, Himalayan salt today. I've got this uh, Parmesan salt. I've got a, a what's it, thyme and rosemary salt. I got some really good stuff that's crazy, and just being able to spice stuff up, pop, if and you will. You can even make some of your own. You know, with a, just a plain coarse grind salt, you add some of your mm-hmm. own seasonings to it and just flavor them up. You know. Yeah. And- you think, oh, I don't want to invest in a bo- or a jar of it's eight dollars or nine dollars. Just make a little, see if you like it. Yeah. Uh, it's easy, just like with we were talking about butter before. A big thing used to be compound butters, and a compound butter is just mixing seasonings into the butter or different flavors into the butter, reforming it into a roll, chilling it, and then slicing it down. And then you put that on top of meat or fish, like a slice of that seasoned butter on something, and it just adds a whole new flavor to it yeah the nice thing about making stuff at home too is it doesn't have all those that processed crap in it you know Uh, yellow seasoning number two or whatever the hell it is you know and uh, all the extra you know sugar and it's it's amazing that's when i learned when i went vegan and i and i really started dieting hard and fasting i never realized how much bloody sugar and that high fructose corn syrup sugar is in so much food yeah like it's 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 insidious. Yeah. How much of it? I you know you start reading the labels. You're like, you know, like uh, why do you need corn syrup, sugar, and bread? You know, you're just, you're just like, what the hell's going on here? Yeah. 
And so eating healthier, living healthier and, and stuff, you know, especially for children, I highly recommend it. I really learned some good things with some friends about the breaking bread and, and the, like you say, making an experience and, and then sitting down and dining together. That's what we would do actually. You know, my family did that when I grew up as a kid. It's kind of a lost art with family say, like you say, sit in front of the TV. But with my friend that I wanted to go over to his house and help him prepare for food, we'd put so much work into the food and preparation. We'd sit down, you know, cause we put the work into it, you know, yeah. we'd sit down at the dinner table and drink and wine and, and, you know, the, the, just relish in the whole production of it. Yeah. You know, Europeans take two hours to eat dinner Yeah, and we'll, we'll be done in 15, 20 minutes. It takes longer to prepare the food usually than we spend eating it. Yeah. Yeah, it's, we got it a little backwards, you know. It's things things you need to relax, unwind, and we probably wouldn't have half the problems we did if we did that. Definitely, definitely. Relax. Well, it's been wonderful to have you on the show, Dennis. We certainly appreciate you coming on. You, uh, give us your plug so we can find you on the <laughs> interwebs. Well, if you'd like to come find some incredible recipes, go to askchefdennis.com. Leave a comment for me and ask a question. I'll, I'll answer more than likely. Might take a day or two, but I will answer. And if you're on social media, look for me on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, LinkedIn, Twitter as Ask Chef Dennis. There you go. Thanks for coming on, Dennis. We really appreciate it, man. Thanks, Chris. My pleasure. There you go. Thanks, Mona, for tuning in. Be sure to go check it out. You definitely want to check out the recipes he's got over there. Ask Chef Dennis. Dot com and also go to our groups on goodreads.com forward slash Chris Foss, uh, YouTube channel forward slash Chris Foss, and uh, all of our groups Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram. Thanks for tuning in. Be sure to be good to each other, stay safe, and we'll see you guys next time.